Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, it may be a busy time for Kiwi Sports Tragics with Super Rugby kicking off at the same time as a Trans-Tasman T20 International this evening. But up in the north, there's no rest for the sporting wicked either. Baz, Ben Stokes and their English cricketing pioneers are knee-deep in a tussle against India and review technology, it seems. Meanwhile, the Six Nations resumes this weekend with one of the more meaningful clashes in international rugby taking place when the unbeaten English travel to take on the Scots. At Murrayfield, there's probably no one better, absolutely no one better versed in the world at the moment to cover both of these two subjects than talk sport, cricket and rugby commentator Andrew McKenna. He's always got his finger on the pulse of Northern Rugby. He's in the middle of commentating the England-India series as well for talk sport. Uh, evening, Andrew. Uh, I, I've got to say, you are probably one of the busiest men in sport at the moment. <laughs> well, it's it's good as a freelancer. You'll appreciate that uh, you've got to take the work when it comes. So, uh, yeah, I'll 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 put up with the uh, the early morning alarm calls and trying to keep across everything. So, how was your uh, your Indian experience? Absolutely incredible. Uh, in Hyderabad and Vishakhapatnam for the first two tests of the series, it was absolutely uh, phenomenal and helped, of course, with England winning that first test match of the series after being 190 runs behind on first innings. I mean, you, first of all, you don't win test matches in India. You certainly don't win test matches in India when you're 190 behind on first innings. So, yeah, mm. that, that just gave it an absolute shot in the arm and, yeah, really set up. I mean, let, let's face it, there aren't many five-match test series going around the world at the moment, sadly, um, and that gave this series a, a hell of a boost in the arm. It's, a, it's, it's Honestly, it's been riveting viewing and listening back here in New Zealand as well, Andrew. I can tell you, everyone is keeping a, a run over it because, of course, we've got a vested interest. Some people still claim Stokes, but we certainly still claim Baz. Uh, look, four, four, 434 run defeat in Rajkot. Uh, that is a pasting, despite the technology issues. Uh, but they're defiant. Stokes and McCullum are defiant. It's onward and upwards at 100 miles an hour, it seems. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's make no bones about it. It was an absolute doing. Um, there were opportunities for them. Um, and let's be honest, they were first innings opportunities because the last 18 wickets went down in an absolute heap. Um, will they change their approach? Absolutely not. That's, that's not the Baz way, as well you know. So it's going to be more of the same, just do it better. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see whether individuals will tweak things. Joe Root has been very quiet in the series. Baz was talking the other day about him saying, look, 
don't get worried about him. He's Joe Root, for heaven's sake. He, he's just going through a quiet period. He will get it right. He will be a factor in this series. So that's what they're looking for. They've named the team already, so we know there's, there's two changes. Ollie Robinson will play his first test match. In fact, scrub that. His first first-class match since July in the Ashes at Leeds last summer. I mean, talk about oh, best oh. when fresh. Wow. <laughs> that is an incredible stat when you consider it that way. He's going he's gonna to partner Jimmy Anderson. Uh, who uh, Jimmy's now, what, four wickets away from the 700 club, and there's not many members of that. Oh, not half. And let's be honest, you know, there were accusations for a long time. Oh, yeah, but he only does it in England in the, in the good conditions. But you know what? He's been brilliant. He hasn't had that many wickets in this series. Remember, he didn't even play in Hyderabad. But what he is, is the safety valve for England. While everyone else is going absolute hell for leather, Anderson is the guy who bowls 22 overs for about 38. You know, something of that. And, and that's what, in many respects, that is more important than him taking wickets. Yes, sure, England would like him to take wickets. But because he's the most experienced of the bowlers by a million miles, they've got to uh, be able to try and get him to, uh, to block up one end for as long as he can, which isn't easy in the Indian heat and humidity, but try and give them that, that element of control because when you've got three spinners with a combined age of about 14, it, let's be honest, it, it is very hard work. They've been targeted and at times <laughs> they've been taken down. So Anderson has got a massive, massive role to play. Right, okay, so we've got Robinson and Anderson on a pitch uh, which I've already seen quoted by Ben Stokes. I have never seen something like that before. I've seen a photo of uh, a number of uh, English personnel with their cell phones out taking photos on the pitch surface. Ranchi, who ha they haven't had a lot of test cricket on this ground. The last one, in fact, 2019, India, South Africa. So that's five years ago. What are we hearing about it, Andrew? Well, essentially, <laughs> I mean, um, I've seen photos that were taken by the one of the TalkSport members of staff who, who sent them around to us. Essentially, there's a bit of a stripe down the middle of it. One side of it um, is a little bit sort of worn and um, dusty, and the other side seems a bit better. At the ends, where the crease line is, once you get over the, the crease line and into the batter's area, if you like, it was verdant green. Now, in fairness... Those photos were taken yesterday. So what it'll be like, because we all know, don't, don't decide anything on a test match pitch until you actually see the morning of it and the groundsman's finished what he's doing. But what Ollie Pope was saying was, one half of it looks pretty good and the other half looks quite, to use his word, platey. So, I mean, look, it could do, it could do anything. We've heard, we've heard stories that it's likely to go square, it could do all sorts... But I, I don't see the logic in India doing that. You, you'll, you'll appreciate this better than most people. But Harsha Bogle said uh, on TalkSport's commentary in, in Vishakapatnam, if you're India, why would you prepare something that's going to rag from morning one on day one of a, of a match? Because even an average spinner will be able to turn it left, right, make it bounce, do all sorts. If you prepare a good pitch... When you've got Ashwin, when you've got Jadeja, 
when you've potentially got Akshar Patel, you've got good spinners and are better than what the opposition have. Surely what India should be doing is preparing a good pitch and take, if you like, the lesser players, in inverted commas, out of the equation. So I'd be really surprised if it, does, if it is going to rag square from, from morning one because then you're coming down purely to potentially the game being decided by a toss of a coin. India are 2-1 up. They, they don't want to lose this game. A draw is perfectly fine from their point of view and we'll all go off to Durham Shillar for the final one and, and try and work out who wins it. That's interesting. Uh, uh, Durham Shallow was a venue, of course, in the World Cup. Um, there's a lot of runs scored on, on those particular pitches, but there will be a difference, uh, obviously, for a test surface. One of the big issues, uh, or one of the big headlines for this test match, before it even starts, Andrew, no Jasper Bumrah. Yeah, we, we heard whispers. In fact, that there were even whispers that he might be rested for the third game. As it turned out, he, he played in Rajkot. He is being rested for this one. So it's, it's all about managing his workload. You know, that, that thing that we hear so much about in, in modern sport nowadays. I'm a little bit surprised in the fact that if India win this, they take the series. They'll be 3-1 they'll be up with, with only one to play. They're, they're kind of leaving a door a little bit open. And if we're honest... We've seen Siraj in the series so far. We've seen Mukesh in the series so far. And they've been okay, but they've not been much better than that. Bumra is the world's number one seam bowler, and he's bowled like it. But, of course, you know, we've got an IPL coming up in a few weeks' time, and that probably is, is pressure in, in some uh, quarters on it. Uh, I, I am surprised, but look, we're in, we're in the modern world where we look at uh, loading and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, he, he misses out. What we are seeing uh, across the board from India, though, is a massive level of, of depth because uh, you, you're not encountering at the moment Kale Rahul, uh, Virat Kohli, just to name but two. Um, and, and, you know, most sides can't do with that, that, that kind of class. Uh, talk us uh, through this, uh, this sensation, this left-handed sensation at the top of the order, uh, Yashavi Jaiswal. Uh, and, of course, uh, Gill is making an impact as well at what, batting number three or four. So uh, what about this, the depth of Indian cricket and, and this new sensation at 5.45 runs at 109? He has been unbelievable, Smithy. He made 180-odd on debut um, before this series started. And then in the series, two double hundreds, 209 and 214 not out. Incredibly, those two matches he got double hundreds with, neither of them he got player of the match in. I mean, boy, that is a tough crowd. For a kid coming in, 22 years of age, to make double hundreds and he doesn't get player of the match. Anyone who hasn't heard the story of Jaiswal's upbringing, I urge you to go and read it. I'll give you a very, very quick potted version because it is an incredible story. At 10 years of age, yes, I said 10, he moved to Mumbai on his own to try and make it as a cricketer and lived in a variety of places, did a variety of jobs, got fat, spotted by a local coach and said, come and live in my house. And the, the rest is history. He was playing under 18 cricket at 16 years of age. The kid 
is incredible. We have an unbelievable star on our hands. He is going to be one of the... You know how whenever you, you talk about Indian cricket, they always go, ah, we've got, we've got something coming through. Trust me, he is the... Shubman Gill is on posters at the moment. He won't be for much longer. It's going to go Virat Kohli, Rohit Sharma, Jaiswal's going to be the next one. I promise you, this kid is unbelievable. Well, he's got a thirst for runs. I mean, we, we boast about uh, Kane Williamson, who's going through a bit of a purple patch himself, uh, being hungry for runs, hate getting out. But those numbers you're talking about, I mean, they're ridiculous for a newbie. Oh, it is absolutely incredible. Three hundreds, two of them turned into doubles, two more 50s, and a strike rate of 69 in seven test matches to average just shy of 72. It is absolutely mind-boggling. And I'll, I'll say it again, this guy is 22 years of age. I mean, I, mm. I, I think I was at college at 22 years of age, and probably being a bit of a larrikin and being a bit of a fool. I certainly wasn't playing international sport and, and doing those kind of things. This guy is an absolute superstar. In fact, one of our commentary team was on a plane after the Vizag game and on the same plane as some of the Indian players who were heading back to Mumbai. And he walked out of business class down to uh, the back of economy because he had some friends on the flight and obviously lots of people were asking him for photos after having made the first of the double hundreds and he was like yeah 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 not a problem not a problem you know it's only a few photos yeah you show three it's going to be more than a few in the in the next few days weeks and months so you better get used to that when you look at, if we could just go to the England batting lineup now, they're getting reasonable starts at a great rate of knots. I mean, Duckett's had a fair series. Crawley has shown uh, some quality at times as well. The Joe Root issue is an interesting one for me, and the reason why is I don't think Joe Root has to play uh, or up the ante in baseball fashion. I, I think Joe Root just has to be Joe Root, doesn't he? To, well, he can flag some of this fancy stuff until he gets to fifty or sixty because he's good enough to do that. But he, he's given it; he's making it very hard for himself. If I'm Baz, I'm saying, look. I don't mind going 100 miles an hour, but I want Joe Root to be the Joe Root. So if you if you if you just need to pull back, you just need to let, get settled. Same with Best though. So be it. So be it. This is the million dollar question as far as, as England are concerned at the moment. Now, if you just purely are going to go on the stats, and and this will surprise you, but Joe Root averages more under Brendan McCullum than he did prior to Brendan McCullum, wow. and he does it yeah. at, a, at a better strike rate. So those numbers seem to indicate that actually it's going quite well for him. What, what we've seen is, I mean, if you think back to the Ashes, um, first ball of the day, ramping one for six. In Mount, Mount Monganui, um last winter, last English winter, he ramped the fourth ball of the day for six again. So he plays that shot, and England will tell you, because this is the shot that everyone is talking about, the one that he reverse scoops straight to Jaiswal at second slip. England will tell you, statistically, he plays that shot, and he, I think he's, he's got out once, playing it something like 15 times. So those percentages, they feel, are in Joe Root's favour. So what they're saying to him is, mate, if you're happy playing it, you play it now. The issue is, are the rest of the team around him better off? When he got out playing that shot the other day, then Johnny Bairstow came in and then promptly got a four-ball duck. 
And I said in the back of the commentary box, well, that brings the Joe Root dismissal back into even more focus. And Gareth Batty, who's, who's part of the commentary team, former England spinner and head coach at Surrey, the, the double county champions for the last two years, said to me straight away, well, why does it? said, Joe Root's got nothing to do with the shot that Johnny Bairstow plays, and he's not got anything to do with the shot of the next batter who comes in and gets out. And, and that is kind of the difference in the mentality of the dressing room and, and maybe people outside of it, in the fact that mm. they're more than happy. If Joe Root wants to play it, they're going to let him play it. I would argue, yeah, if you want to play that shot, maybe do it when you've got 35, 40, maybe even 50 on the board, because I can absolutely agree with where you're coming from on that one. He is good enough to get 50 anyway. But the stats, and let's be honest, it's all about stats nowadays. The stats will tell you that Joe Root has never played better than in the last three years under Brendan McCullum. Well, okay. We'll leave, we'll leave it at that. And I'll tell you what, we'll leave cricket right there. Uh, we can't wait for that to start. But uh, you also, of course, uh, with your other hat, will be extremely interested in Six Nations rugby this weekend. Um, and your England have got to go to Murrayfield and take on Scotland. And at the moment, you're sitting second behind Ireland and looking OK. Yeah, it, it, it is. I think OK is about the right word. It, it's still not the, it's still not a thing of beauty to watch, but it's effective. Um, they've rung some changes for this weekend. Um, interestingly, Freddie Stewart, arguably one of the best players um, in the last, well, probably a couple of years, actually, the fullback, um, the guy who t- catches anything pretty much you whack up in the air. He's not even in the 23 uh, no explanation as to why that is. So I am presuming that, that he's picked up an injury. Steve Borthwick has a thing that even when he was at Leicester Tigers before he went to England, he does not talk about injured players. Um, so you'll never get a, a reason out of him as to why a player isn't in the side. But it's George Furbank who's going to get the go this weekend from Northampton. Much more of an attacking player. Um, he, he will be more of a threat ball in hand. So maybe that's what England are trying to do, be more of an attacking option, maybe try and take it to Scotland a little bit more, because obviously with Finn Russell in the side, they're going to try pretty much everything, you would imagine, because that's Finn Russell's way, that is how he he does things. Interestingly, I don't know if you've actually spotted it looking at the the teams, Um, but there are three captains and four vice-captains named in these two teams, uh, because Scotland have co-captains and England have uh, so they've got uh, Scotland's got co-captains and a vice-captain England have got a captain and three vice-captains for this game so apparently captaincy is really really important because you need so many of them Ireland sit atop the table at the moment um, and they got Wales at the weekend on Sunday our time yeah, absolutely. Really interesting uh, as well from their point of view because uh, obviously with a Kiwi hat on, Ollie Yeager's going to uh, make his, his first appearance. Um, Finlay Bealham has has been, if you like, the next tight hair, uh, the next prop in line. Um, and Andy Farrell was asked today, is he injured? And he was like, no, this looks like the perfect game to give, give Ollie a go. I mean, he's only been in Ireland, what seems like about five minutes. So he, he's clearly come with a, high, a good reputation. Look, we, we know that's the case. He's clearly impressed. So uh, good for him. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, Ireland are, are the class of the field. One thing I would say about them is they haven't tinkered quite as much with their squad post-World Cup as everyone else has. I mean, Wales basically it, it threw the whole thing away after their World Cup. If, if you weren't 23-24, you were pretty much out with the washing. So uh, it's going to be two very different-looking sides. Ireland very much established, even though there's two or three players rotated. Keenan, the fullback, is out injured, so that's led to a change at the back for them. But you basically know what you're going to get. And by the way, it's an incredibly strong-looking 23. Wales, it's about potential. And there have been few moments for them so far, but probably not really enough for where they want to be. And um, imagine Warren Gatland, is, he knows he's going to have to suck up a, maybe a couple of defeats at, at this point for going forward for two, three, four years down the line in the next World Cup. I wonder how he feels being kicked off Principality Stadium by Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting one, that one, isn't it? Um, well, look, I, I, I imagine he can probably get tickets if he wants. Um, but, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, Wales, Wales, South Africa at Twickenham instead because they, they can't use the Principality. But what that does do is it gives people, in, certainly in and around the London area, if they fancy a double header of rugby that day, it's a belter because you've got that Wales-South Africa game and then you've got the Barbarians against Fiji uh, all in Twickenham back-to-back and it's one ticket for both matches. So if you fancy wow. gorging yourself on international rugby that day, I know where I'd, I know where I'd be heading. Uh, just finally, France, France languishing a wee bit. What's what's up with France? I think what we're seeing there is there was quite a significant change in the coaching staff um, after the World Cup. They changed things around a bit, and it seems like um, that they're they're struggling a little bit with new ideas and putting things in place. They've got too many class players for it to be a long-term issue. Um, obviously, no Antoine Dupont. Um, he's I think he's in Vancouver this weekend because of the uh, the seven circuit starting, and he wants to play in the Paris Olympics later in the year. So obviously, he's not around. They've got a couple of other injuries as well. But let's be honest, you know, they're, they're too good to be. Um, they're too good to be considered to have major problems. Again, I think uh, a little bit like Wales, they've got a few tweaks going on, but any side that's got Sean Edwards in the coaching box, I'm fairly sure they'll come through it easy enough. Andrew McKenna, you are a legend, sir. We know you've got a really busy schedule, and uh, it's time, I think, for you to catch some Zs before... Uh, this uh, test match starts again tonight, this one in Runchy. We're, we're, we're riveted over here. It's been fascinating to watch and uh, fascinating to listen to as well. Thanks so much for your input over both those codes. Magnificent, mate, and, and, enjoy, and enjoy the test match. Thanks, mate. All, always a pleasure. Cheers. Uh, Andrew McKenna out uh, of the UK there. A brilliant commentator and uh, living the life of a commentator at the moment across uh, a couple of codes.